ABU, Artemis and Unified Church, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Pastor Furman. Uh, man, I want to give a shout out to everybody that got baptized this past Friday. Man, it was an awesome time, great celebration. Um, man, just it's exciting things that are happening in the kingdom of God, especially in the Artemis neighborhood. Um, speaking of this coming Saturday, we're going to be having a prayer walk and a cleanup walk, picking up trash, partnering with the city church, four different locations in the neighborhood. So be on the lookout for more information and how you could join us and be a part of that. Um, but I'm ready to give you today's message. Today we're going to be in the Old Testament. We're going to be taking it back. We're going to be looking at the life of King David. Um, we're going to be looking at one of the trials that he faced, but also one of the errors that he made. And I think we can learn a lot from it. So today's message is called No Days Off. Um, because it's when we quit doing what we're supposed to that we start doing things we shouldn't. And God wants to help us avoid those things, but also learn how to overcome those moments. And so we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 11. We're just going to read verses 1 through 5. Uh, there's a lot to get from there. And uh, let me pray, of course, invite the Holy Spirit to come in. And we'll let God lead the way. Amen. Let me pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you for the gift of another day, Lord. Uh, we lift up all our brothers and sisters that are currently struggling, that are currently going through a difficult moment, Lord. Um, we pray that you would give us eyes to see them, eyes uh, um, to be able to, to go over and love on them and find the right words to comfort them and also ways to meet them. And so, Lord, uh, man, whatever that looks like, we just ask for you um, to lead the way. That we would let go of our own agendas and just pick up yours and follow that. And so, Lord, uh, man, we just come to you today just asking that you would meet with us at this time. Uh, that you would begin to move in our heart in a way that is needed to help us lose some of ourselves and gain more of you. And so, Holy Spirit, come and take over. Come and free our minds. And come and show us how to draw closer to you and walk in the line. So we just love you and we thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me if I cough and stuff, man. Y'all pray for me. I don't know what's going on in my throat, but I cannot stop coughing and stuff. So pray for your boy. All right. But we're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. And let's go. It said, In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. And they destroyed the Anamite army and lay siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem late one afternoon after his midday rest. David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he overlooked out the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone over to find out who she was. And he was told, that's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed her purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home, and later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. Ooh! <clears throat> Talk about drama, right? <coughs> Man, it makes me think of a song, but I'm not even going to reference it because it's it's, it's out of context. It doesn't even matter. But man, King David decides he's going to take a day off of work. And what happens? Finds himself in all kinds of mess. And the story ends up getting deeper than that. Um, but just from this small section that we read today, 
man, there's a lot that we could pull out of it. And I really feel like the first thing that God wants us to understand is not all rest is equal. Not all rest is equal. You hear me? Not all rest is equal. Verse 1, he says, In spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent out Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. And they destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Mm. See, if you go back and you read before this chapter, what you learn is that, man, leading up to this day, David had been going from war to war and also from victory to victory. But it was just part of what he did, right? <clears throat> he's constantly fighting. He's constantly doing things. And he decided, you know what? I think it's time to take some time off. And taking time off at this part of the year was out of the norm. Um, because normally he didn't do that, especially for him being the king. He was usually supposed to be out there fighting. Um, but nobody envisioned that him taking a day off, him going back and resting would become anything more than that. Because we all need rest. And if you read the first chapter in Genesis, you read how on the seventh day, what did God do? He rested after doing, uh, making work of his creation. After creating everything, he took the day off. And then you continue and you read in Exodus. And after, you know, God frees the Israelites out of Egypt and he's taking them to the promised land. They're in the wilderness. He starts telling them like, hey, I want y'all to make a schedule where you're going to take a day out. And you're not going to do anything. You're going to stop working and you're going to stop doing all this stuff and you're going to rest. But there was there was a difference, though. There was a key. You're going to rest in my presence. You're going to spend time with me. And then when Jesus came, that was part of the things that he said. He said, look, man, I want you to receive rest and, and the rest that only you can receive in me. <clears throat> and so there's a point throughout the Bible that you see that rest is, is important. Rest is vital. Rest is something that we all need. We all need it. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Have you ever heard that saying, man, I'll sleep or I'll rest later on, like when I'm dead. I'm not even worried about that. I, I sleep when I'm dead. I'll rest when I'm dead. And I remember hearing that stuff and I was like, dang, like these people are devoted, right? These people is dedicated. Like, man, maybe I need to be like that. But then God revealed to me like, no, really that's ignorance. Because that's running yourself in the ground and receiving less than what you should. And when we don't make time to rest, we can always find ourselves stressed out, burned out, and worn out. And God doesn't want those things to happen. And it doesn't matter you know, who you are, what position you're in. Um, <coughs> um, it's hard to give your best when you're not at your best. Okay, It's hard to give your best when you're not at your best. And there's been plenty of times in my life where I'm like super busy and I'm thinking, man, I'm really giving my best. I'm really, and this is the best stuff right here. And it's like, nah, like just because I'm doing a lot of things doesn't mean that I'm actually getting the best results back. I may be trying my best, but the results are always not going to be near what they could have been if I would have made time and I would have been wise and I would have made sure to rest. Because that's the reality of truth for me and for you. Rest is important. And something that is just as important as rest is how we rest. Okay? So rest is important. We all need to make sure that we're making time to rest. But it's also important how we rest. Verse 2 is said, Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. 
Mm. So like I said, what you do when you rest is just as important as making sure to take time to rest. And David didn't go out his way. He wasn't out there looking for trouble, right? He's just chilling. Woke up from a nap. He's on the roof. He's looking around. But then something catches his eye. Mm. And that's where we start to see a trouble. <coughs> he put himself in a vulnerable position and he let his guard down. And it's what we do when trouble comes knocking at our door um, that's vital. Because it's going to happen. Temptation is going to come. And David was looking in the places that his eyes shouldn't have been wondering. Okay? His focus wasn't on God. In that moment, he wasn't seeking to be in God's presence. And we just talked about how God wanted us to make sure that we rest, but that we rest with Him, that we rest in His presence, that He's the source of that, that He's the focus of that. And so we just see that David lost sight. He lost focus. And so rest is more than just taking it easy. It's spending it wisely. You hear me? Rest is more than taking it easy. It's spending it wisely. Because what you're looking at can bring out the desires, um, man, that you didn't even know you had or even the ones that you're trying to avoid. And that first verse that showed that David wasn't even where he was supposed to be. Normally he was at war. But whenever we get to doing things that we're not supposed to be doing, man, that's always usually where we find ourselves doing things we're not supposed to and temptation shows up, right? So David wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And in those moments of not doing what we're supposed to do, that's when temptation usually comes around the corner. And temptations come at any time. And what I want you to know is that they're even more dangerous when you're in a period of weakness or in a position like this where you're vulnerable because you're more prone to yield. You're more prone to give in. And the world, the word, the word of God is filled with so many different descriptions of men and women who sinned against the Lord because they found themselves in a moment of vulnerability and they gave in. And somebody that loves to pounce on you when they find you at your moment of weakness is the devil. It's our enemy, right? Second Peter 5 eight says, stay alert. Watch out for our great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I don't know how much you know about lions, but they are some smart animals. They're some smart creatures. And what you discover is, is when they go hunting, man, they are efficient and they are smart about how they do it. So they stalk their prey. They come in slowly, getting closer and closer. They're hiding. And then they're real calculated. So they attack those that are injured, that are weak, or that are close in their vicinity. And I'll say all that is because when we are intentional in how we are resting and making sure that when we're resting, we're spending time with the Lord, what happens is we're leaving the door open and the enemy is slowly getting closer, slowly getting closer. And he's looking at all these different angles and ways that he could come and attack us and catch us off guard. And David let his guard down. He left the door open for temptation to catch his eye. And then before long, it started to work in his mind. So that's something we need to learn. We Rest is not all equal. We all need rest. But it's important not just to take time to escape from the business of life and make time to rest. But it's just as important of how we're intentional and how we rest. And the enemy's always looking for openings and rest uh, and, and ways to bring us apart from God. And so we need to make sure that we're not leaving the door open and it's supposed to stay closed. Amen. So that's the first thing. 
Not all rest is created equal. The second thing we see is our reactions lead to our actions. Okay, that's kind of a play on words. It's a little difficult sometimes to do it to myself. Say it isn't wise, but our reactions leads to our actions. <clears throat> In verse 3, it says, He sent someone to find out who she was, and he told her, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So we had already seen that his eyes were in the wrong place, right? So his focus is on the wrong place. And it really should have ended there. But what happened? He didn't leave there. He kept looking. He was like, I got to know who this girl is. I, hey, go find out who that is over there. I need to know. So then they go and find out. And then what happens? We find out she's married. And it really should have stopped then. <coughs> but we just read it. It doesn't stop there. And see, it's because when you're weak, when you're not focused... It's easier to give in to what you need to give up. Mm. And temptations, like I said, they come in a variety of different forms. They come at different times. And our reaction to them is always going to lead to our actions against them. And our sin, it usually follows a, set of, a similar pattern um, that can be traced back to seeing what took place. And David is an example of this because what we see is his eyes looked. His mind started to desire, and then his will started to act. And it doesn't take much to get yourself into a lot. And it doesn't take a long time for trouble to happen fast. Instead of David realizing that he shouldn't be looking, he went the other way. And he wanted to find out who she was. And he wanted to know more. See, because the more that we give in, the more we open up ourselves in for trouble. And the more we usually get ourselves in. So the more that we give in, the more we open ourselves up for trouble. And the more that we usually give in. When I was young, man, that was really the story of my life. I thought I was invincible. I thought I had everything figured out. And even when I knew <coughs> I should be doing something else or I had these other responsibilities, I was like, I'm good. I could just do this and it ain't going to be that big of a deal. And what, what always happened is that I find myself in deeper and deeper situations with worse and harder consequences. Man, and it, it was tough because a lot of times it ended up leading me to jail and having all these things on my record that I still get you know, punished for to this day because of. And now, as I've grown and I've grown in a relationship with God, He's taught me so many different things about this. And He's taught me that I need to be mindful to the things that I allow to have my attention to the things that I'm watching, to the things that I'm being consumed by, because it's dangerous. Um, man, when I was a real young believer, and even before that, man, I had a horrible porn addiction. And it was a, something that most people didn't know. Not even my wife or anybody knew that I had this, man, horrible addiction to porn. And God showed me, like, look, <clears throat> it doesn't take much for your eyes to lead you to these dark places. He said, but I'm going to help you because this doesn't have to be it for you. You can actually overcome this even though you find yourself weak to it. And he says, look, I'm going to help you. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to, to cleanse you of this. I'm going to forgive you because you're coming to me. You're repenting of these things. Um, but you have work to do too. You have to be proactive. You can't set yourself up in a situation where you're going to be weak and, and vulnerable, where you're more likely to man be consumed and fall back to where you're trying to avoid. And so, man, I had to learn from that. I started deleting all these people on my Facebook. I started blocking all these images and, and doing all these things 
So that way I'm doing my part to be, be proactive and not allow myself um, to put my guard down. Even though I know that God has my back and that he's willing to step in and help me. Man, I have a part to play too. And I need to make sure that I'm doing my part. And I'm not making things harder than what they should be. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, Temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Man, I love that verse. That verse spent a lot of me, man, because it let me know, okay, you know what? I'm not the only one that struggles with this. I'm not the only one that has this problem. But I know that God is faithful. He's faithful. So that means that he can help me with this situation. And not only is he going to help me with this situation, but I'm going to be able to fight against it. Before I felt like I couldn't even resist it. I couldn't fight against it. I just give in. But he showed me that I could resist it whenever I press into him, when I lean into him. And not only that, he's going to give me a way out of it. and Because he's faithful to do these things. And man, that's such a blessing. Because this is the thing. Resistance is difficult even when you're at your best. But it's even more of a struggle when you're weak. When you're having a period where you're angry, where you're frustrated, when you're tired, when you're feeling empty, uh, when you're isolated, when you're feeling idle. And like I said earlier, when we're not doing what we're supposed to, man, that puts us at a greater risk. And David was at his peak when all this stuff happened. He had been walking with the Lord and he had his anointing for over 20 years. Like I said, he'd been going from victory to victory. And then he happened to take one day off, one day off. And what happened? He found himself with his guard down and he put himself in his position that would be costly to him, to his family and to the kingdom that God had given him to rule over and to be over. And at the end of the day, man, it doesn't matter who you are, what your position is, what your responsibilities are, uh, what even created the moments that you're vulnerable. We're all responsible for our own actions. Man, that's how it is at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I can't blame anybody for the choices I made but myself. Even if they talked me and they told me all the things, man, it all comes down to me. I chose what to do. And the same is true for you. And so I say all this, man, to be mindful of these things because God wants to help us. He wants us to recognize these things. He wants us to know, like, look, man, look how you're reacting to these things because it's going to lead to the way that you act against them. Verse five, uh, 4 and 5, it says, Then David sent messengers out to get her. And when she came to the palace, he slept with her. And she had just completed her purification rites after having her mystery period. Then she returned home. And later when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, Hey, I'm pregnant. <coughs> man, that's just that's a crazy story. And it gets even crazier. Um, man, I just think, man, David's a fool. He knew she was pregnant. I mean, he knew she was married and he still sent for her. And you really like he's the king. So, of course, people are going to listen to him. They're going to do what he says. So it really falls on to him. Like he's known better. He was walking with God. He knew better. But what did he do? He didn't quit looking. He wanted to find out who she was. And instead of not pursuing a marriage with him, he sleeps with her. She becomes pregnant. If you go on to read chapter 11, what you find is it didn't end there. He ends up trying to get uh, her husband Uriah to come and sleep with her. He doesn't. 
And so he sends them back out to the war and he ends up sending them to the front lines and gets them killed. And then there's like a mourning period. And then after the mourning period passes, he takes Bathsheba back to the palace and ends up, she becomes his wife. She ends up having the kid. And then he kind of goes on like nothing's ever going to happen. Like it's all good. Like, you know what? I got away with this. Nobody knows about this. But now, just because you choose to move on doesn't mean that God did or that he's going to be okay with it. God didn't overlook what happened. If you continue to read on in chapter 12, he ends up sending the uh, the prophet Nathan to go and confront David about this. And so he goes and he tells David, look, man, he tells David a story and David realizes like he's the person in that story. And he's like, oh, snap, he's talking about me. And Nathan tells him, like, look, because of what you've done, not only is it going to affect you, but it's going to affect your kids. There's going to be rebellion within your family. You're going to always be at war. You're going to have all these, man, things come against you. You're going to be humiliated in public. And on top of that, this child that you're fixing to have, he's going to lose his life. Man, that's a tough pill to swallow. Man, because what does the world do? The world shows that when you're doing wrong nowadays, it's acceptable. No, nah, don't worry about that. Everybody's doing it. It's not a big deal. Like, no, it is a big deal. If it goes against what God is saying, then there's going to be a problem. Okay, there's going to be consequences for those actions. And you could be sure that God is going to hold you accountable to it. Um, so that's what I want you to understand. is God's going to hold us accountable for the things that we choose to do. And he wants us to learn from these things. And this is the third thing I want you to learn today. Is you've been warned. Okay, this is a warning. This whole message, this whole story was a warning and something for us to learn. Just like last week when I talked about the example or things for us to learn and to grasp on. And so is this. So is this. This is a warning. In 1 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12, um, in chapter 10, it talks about a lot of things that the Israelites went through in the Old Testament leading up to going to the promised land. And just how they had this constant battle of always finding themselves like David on the wrong side of things. In verse 11 and 12, it says, These things happened to them as an example for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. Not to fall. I messed it all up. Uh, But we have an opportunity to learn from the mistakes of others and then avoid and help endure. And what did we just read? That you have to be careful. because you might feel like, well, I'm good. Like, I'm strong in my faith. I'm good. and Man, ain't nothing going to phase me. Like, man, that was a warning shot right there. He said, look, everyone is acceptable to fall no matter what they think or who they are. And a person that's full of themselves usually gets made of made a fool by themselves. I'm going to say that again. A person that's usually full of themselves, that think a lot about themselves, they got a big head, they usually get made a fool by themselves because of their own actions, because of something they choose to do. Like David, the impact of our decision, of our choices, it goes beyond us and it goes to those that are around us. And research shows that, man, this is so true with parents and their children. Parents make all these decisions and these choices and oftentimes they have no idea of how it affected their children, even as they grow up and they get older. But research shows that a lot of times these children are impacted so heavily that they either pick up bad habits, they become who they were, or they become less than what they should have been because of the trauma that they've experienced. And I've heard it and I've seen it numerous of times where decisions would impact people 
and, and it will lead to fires later on in that own person's life or even in that family's life. And these are all things that we need to learn so we could avoid, so we can learn to endure. And God's saying, look, man, these are warnings. These are examples. So I want you to take hold of these things. And I don't know about, about you, but uh, kids, right, they go to school and then they come home for the summer. Oftentimes they forget a lot of things that they learn. Well, that seems true for us. And I don't know about you, but I've been out of school a long time. And so I have to make sure that I'm still staying in the Word, that I'm still studying, that I'm still a student, that I'm still teachable. Um, so I'm reflecting and I'm being reminded of these examples, being reminded of these warnings so I can avoid them. Okay. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Mm, that's the key. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Check it out. And then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. We got to understand that in our own strength, in our own ability, no matter how good that is, man, it's always going to be too weak to overcome our sinful nature. And the good news is that we don't have to do this alone, right? We have Jesus. We could depend on Jesus. We could depend on the Holy Spirit to help us with this. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, it's going to give us God's perspective on the situation. We're going to learn how to handle what we're facing. And we're also going to have the steps to persevere without giving in or giving up. And I like the way that Dr. Charles Stanley said this recently, talking about this topic. He said, in times of weakness, remember this acronym, HALT. The acronym HALT. He says this, don't let yourself become too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Don't let yourself become too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Now, we all know somebody that gets hungry, right? They get hangry. They're not themselves when they're, when they're angry, right? Well, this, I mean, when they're hungry. What's the same for us? Uh, it's Most importantly, fix your attention on the Lord. Draw strength from Him through prayer and use Scripture to guard your mind and the Lord will give you victory over temptation. Mm. That's a good word from Dr. Charles Stanley. So walking with Jesus means there's no days off, people. Each day is one given to us that's a gift and we need to make sure that we're spending it with Him even when we're resting because how you rest is just as important as making time to. And we what we talk about. Temptations are part of life. They're going to come. They're going to come in all kinds of different shapes and forms. And how we react to them will influence how we act against them. It's in our weakness that we have to learn from the examples and the warnings of the past to then allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in the present and in the future. And so my challenge for all of us this week, seize the day. Seize the day. We got to learn from King David, man. They said this was a man after God's own heart. And that boy done went through it. He done caused all kinds of mess because of one day off. So we need to make sure that every day is a day that we seize. And we do that by understanding that the enemy doesn't take no days off. He's a lion. He's always looking. He's always prowling. He's trying to find that opportunity. He's trying to look for that crack in the door. But thankfully, God don't take no days off either. So God's always willing to show up and help us in every day, in every moment. But it comes up to us. We have to learn from those examples. We have to learn from the things uh, that we've been warned. We have to study them. We have to continually reflect on them so that we're fresh on our mind. So that way we know, okay, you know what? I know how to handle this situation. Or we're talking with the brother or sister. We're like, you know what? I need to share with you what God showed me because I was just coming from that. Or I've been through that. We have to seize the day. We have to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives 
day by day, moment by moment. And when we do that, man, we could avoid uh, falling into the traps of the enemy, but also falling into the trap of our sinful natures. And so, church, I pray this blessed you. I pray this encouraged you. I pray this made sense. I feel like I'm a little scatterbrained right now. I don't know if it's the coffee. I don't know if it's my throat. What's the deal? Been a long week, but man, I pray this bless you. And let me just pray for you um, as you continue to try to press forward this week and really seize the day. And so, Father, I just thank you um, that every day I, your word tells us that, uh, man, that it's a day to rejoice um, because there's new mercies in today. So that means the things that happen the day before we could let go. We should let go. Um, the things that we need forgiveness are already going to be forgiven. And so just help us count today and make the most of it. Help us, man, just lean on to you, press into you, and, and gain your sight so we can see things with clarity. Man, help us, uh, man, pick up on the things that you want us to learn and reflect on them often so we don't forget them. And help us apply them, Lord. Help us not um, lay waste to these things, but use all the things that you give us and, and pass it on to those that need it as well, Lord, that we wouldn't be selfish with the things that you give us, but we would be good stewards and make sure that everybody has the same. And so, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that uh, even when we're King David, you're going to love us and help us through it. Um, but, Father, help us avoid those, Lord. Help us um, do what we're supposed to do and not get caught um, in places of vulnerability or weaknesses. And even when we are, Lord, I pray that uh, we wouldn't give in to the temptation that rises, uh, but we would turn and we would run. We would run straight to you and we would ask for your help and we would lean into you and receive it. So, Father, I just thank you. Help any of my brothers and sisters that are currently struggling right now, Lord. I pray that they would know that where your spirit is, your word tells us that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so, Father, you call us to walk in freedom because we have you within us. And so help us all seize the day and walk in freedom this week and for the rest of our lives. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. I love y'all. God bless you. Uh, remember, service project this coming Saturday. You want to be a part of it? Let us know. You want to get baptized next time? Let us know. But other than that, man, let's make the most of it. Let's have a good one. And let's keep being a light. Love y'all. God bless.